0: Welcome back to Reflections of Darkness. This is your gorgeous drag hostess evil, coming to you from my Layer of Eternal Damnation. Happy Saint Patrick's Day. I hope all my listeners out there in podcast land are drinking lots of green beer and trying to find that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow (laughs) Ah, if you do find it send a couple coins my way speaking of coins my venmo is at evil underscore queen if the holiday has you feeling generous (laughs) i also want to give a shout out to all my new listeners all over the world yes i see you in south africa belarus belgium brazil spain ghana and all the others. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tell your friends. Well, I think it's about time we get started on our special St. Patrick's Day movie. Enjoy! Tonight, we are watching Red Clover from 2012. The movie immediately starts out with an animation and poem that I guess fills in the whole backstory for the movie? I mean, I think that's what they hoped for. And on rewatch, it does make a little more sense, uh, if you want to get technical.
1: (laughs) There once were some Irish folk, but sadly, they were quite broke. So they packed up their crates and moved to the States and their fortune they brought in a pope. Now their luck, it came fast and their fortunes grew vast. Because they stole the luck of a creature but the thing got away and their gold turned to hay the town was appalled and fools they were called forever daring to gain from the dreaded lucha pain but that all came long before me my part in this tale starts exactly as it ends with a bang
0: So the movie starts, and our main actress, Karen O'Hara, redhead, Irish last name, so far all tracks, she's hunting boars with her grandfather, whom we shall be referring to as Pop Pop for the rest of this episode. Anyway, they are hunting boars in the forest, which is weird since we never actually see any boars. We hear some boar pig sound effects, but we never actually see any boars in this movie. So of course, Karen gets separated from her Pop Pop in the forest that I'm sure she's been in a hundred times. Also, they're just wearing random forest-colored clothes. Aren't they supposed to be wearing bright colors so no one shoots them? I don't know, whatever. So Karen then turns and there are these trees and vines all scooped together, making kind of a tunnel and it's all foggy, but only in that one direction it's foggy. Uh, so of course, what does she do? She goes into the tunnel. <laughs> yeah, smart. So it's all foggy and tunnel and <laughs> you start hearing disembodied voices. And at the end of the tunnel, there's this clearing with one large tree at its center. And the tree has a bunch of old horseshoes nailed to it. And at the base of the tree is a huge patch of clover. And at the center of this perfect patch of clover is a four-leafed red clover. It's a good thing she wasn't red-green colorblind, or this movie would have went nowhere fast. (laughs) So she sees the red clover. So what does she do? Yep, you guessed it. She picks it up. She holds it in her hand, looking at it, and yep, you guessed it. Flash! It burns away, burning her hand in the process. Wait, you didn't guess that would happen? <laughs> yeah, me either. Then immediately, after the clover disappears, something starts digging its way up from underground next to the tree. And boom, out pops our monster and goes right for Karen. Luckily, he's still a little tangled in the roots, so she has time to shoot it and get away. Two things so far. Do you want the positive or the negative thing first? Okay, negative. We are not even five minutes into this movie, and we see the title action, Red Clover, And the movie's creature. I mean, talk about blowing your load too quick. Okay, positive. The monster looks really good. And so far I really like the effects. So there's that. So anyway, she shoots the creature and she runs off and she finds Pop Pop. And then we get another title sequence thing. That's why I think they added that animation part after. Cut to the sheriff driving up to Pop Pop and Karen. And who is playing the sheriff you ask? why it's the gorgeous Billy Zane, who you'll know from movies like The Phantom, Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight, and a pretty unknown movie called Titanic. <laughs> well, we quickly find out that Billy Zane is not only the town sheriff, but Karen's father, and who apparently doesn't get along with his father,
2: Pop
3: Pop. You okay? You okay? She's fine. She just kind of spun around huh? and knocked down. I fell down. Like,
2: honey, sweetheart, you, are you doing all right? You gonna tell me what uh, what happened out there? I, I was walking How many times have I told you the damn boars are dangerous? You don't even have a hunting license for pizza. The hell do I need a
3: hunting license for? I know you. you, you, you
2: if you knew me, you'd know how pissed off I'd be if I knew you would took her out. It's one thing to put your own life in danger, all right? It's quite another to put Karen's.
3: She's crossing the line oh, man.
2: What? She's very capable. I don't know what you see, okay? But when I look at her, I see a little girl. Well open your eyes. My eyes are open. And you know what they see? They see the whole town saying your pops a lunatic and you know what i've been defending you till now cuz i believe them they're right they're all right
0: another thing that i can say that's a positive for this movie is the music so far is really really well done now we see some rando guy in the woods i guess hunting boars i don't know is boar hunting a big thing in massachusetts spoiler they were in massachusetts uh i don't know so back to rando hunter guy he's just walking through the woods and stumbles across the monster just standing there But instead of screaming or running away, he just looks at it while the monster is tapping one of its own teeth. Then the hunter says, you want my gold tooth? And then, then he shoots the monster and starts to quote unquote run away. And I say quote unquote because he falls like a hundred times. I think he falls more than he runs. And then he is finally killed by the monster. Thank you. I mean, did he really have to fall that much? It was a little overkill for me, no pun intended. Though the kill was actually pretty good. <laughs> so we see sexy sheriff Billy Zane driving through his town, which we see from the welcome sign is the goldmine town of Keenan Massachusetts. Not a real place, BTW. And then we see the banner in the town square that says three days till St. Patrick's Day. Okay, cut to... Um, actually, you know what? Scratch cut to in this movie because they decided to use a bunch of wipe effects like this was Star Wars or something. So I guess wipe to local Irish pub with the quote-unquote Irish bartender who really puts it on for the customers, and we get a little bit of fairy folk talk.
2: Hey, half. Top of the morning to you. Grab some real estate, I'll be right with
3: you. Lucky number seven. You ready to talk about it? Or right, I have to wait till number eight? And don't give me any of that. We don't talk about that crap. We don't talk about that crap. Almost got Karen killed. What? How? Hunting. Keenan Woods. Tempting fate hunting over there all the time. You know that, right? Haven't found any fairy folk over there in over a hundred years. Don't start with the leprechauns again. I'm still picking teeth off the floor from the last fight you started over those damn things. No number eights till you stop with the leprechaun crap. What can I do for you, fine folks? Start kinda early, aren't
0: you? White to Karen's house, which the outside is lit with green lights randomly, but the inside is a nice use of rusty orangey reds and muted greens, It's still on theme, but not overly beat you over the head with Kelly Green and orange St. Patrick's Day Irish flag colors. We get our first look at Karen's hand, and it's four gross blisters in the shape of a clover. Then we get this really cool scene where she's in the house, and you hear the burglar alarm go off. So what does she do? She grabs a massive candlestick and goes down to investigate. The front door is open. Her dad's not around, so she calls her dad on her phone, he's like, go to your room, lock the door. So she goes up to the room, locks the door, but then she realizes the thing is in her room with her, and it's pulling the sheets off her bed, so she gets up to run to the door, and when she opens the door, it's her, but she's all scraped up and bleeding, and her eyes are blacked out, and she's got demon voice, and she's saying, you're gonna die, you're gonna die. And then she wakes up because it was all a bad dream. Whew! (laughs) Even though it was all a dream, the effects, again, were really good, and it had you going for a minute. So now it's the next morning, and one of the clover blisters has popped. Gross. Enter a new character. Karen's, um, I guess, BFF blonde girl in tan VW Bug. Kind of basic. I found on rewatch that I started to notice all these color choices in the movie. And they're subtle, but they really add another dimension that I didn't notice so much watching it through the first time. It's very interesting if you can pick up on it. Now enter local news reporter slash blogger. Carl, who wants to talk about the Tree of Tears, which, again, we're just hearing about for the first time, that's in the middle of Keenan Woods, where she shot the creature. This scene helps add a lot to the story and a whole lot to the backstory, and the scene would have been so much better if the camera work wasn't almost Blair Witch level shaky. It was very distracting and almost hard to watch.
4: Hey, Carl. Hey. Yeah. Oh, from the Keenan Courier. I also have that blog that I write called Strange Happenings.
1: I have seen it. Oh,
4: cool. Uh, you're at the pharmacy, you're not feeling so good? Not
1: really, no. Well,
4: anyway, I was wondering if, you know, if you yeah, had a minute you want to talk to me about that experience you had out in Caning Woods? Because I saw the police report your dad wrote that you were attacked by an animal, but you weren't able to identify it completely. So I don't know, I was just kind of wondering if you could describe no. it to me.
1: No, Carl, I do not feel comfortable doing that for your vlog. Oh,
4: okay. Strange creature, huh? No.
1: Unearthly?
4: No. Otherworldly? Carl! No, yeah, but see... I I was doing research on the area that you were hunting in, and uh, I just noticed it was right next to the Tree of Tears, and I was wondering if anything strange happened.
1: Wait. What is the Tree of Tears?
4: It's right smack in the middle of Keening Woods. You heard of it? No. As legend has it, it's, uh, down has some dark secrets that are buried right there. You sure you don't want to tell me about this thing you shot? I get a hundred thousand hits a week on my block. Carl! You weren't really out there hunting boar, were you? What? You're an O'Hara. Come on. Oh, and what is that supposed to mean? It's a uh, pops O'Hara, the O'Hara legacy.
1: <sighs> okay, thanks, Carl.
4: Okay, I get it. But if you change your mind, you want to talk to me? Call me, cause I'm texting you my number right
1: now. Oh, great, thanks, Host Carl. Close me on the phone. Great. Who gave you my number?
4: Bye.
0: White, two, hot, bald guy fishing by the river. Creature jumps out of the water, rips his gold chain off his neck, and kills him. I'm sensing a theme here. Are you getting it too? <laughs> wipe back to Karen's house and the obligatory internet search about red clovers, folklore, and a really cool shot of the creature watching Karen through the tall grass from across the street. It's a cool, creepy shot, and you get, to, uh, you get a good look at the creature. Now, wipe to town center and a shot of the St. Patrick's Day banner that now says two days till St. Patrick's Day. And we're back in the Irish pub. I think Pop Pop has a drinking problem. Just a guess. But Karen shows her blister clover to Pop Pop and explains the red clover curse.
1: Do you know what that is? Look it out. It says it's an ancient curse from Ireland. You pick a red four-leaf clover and you release an evil spirit. And if you don't get it in four days, you're dead. I picked one yesterday. So what do we do?
3: I need the luck of the Irish.
1: Luck of the Irish? How does that even mean? You're always legends and, and fairy tales, but now something really real comes along, and all you've got is the luck of the Irish? What's the end of this fairy tale? do need luck of the Irish? I need answers.
0: Karen decides to go to the town doctor about her hand. Karen goes to Dr. Shaky Cam's office and he says her white blood cell count is crazy high, like her body's trying to fight something off, but she doesn't have a fever or anything. And then she starts talking about, do you believe in curses? And he's like, no.
1: (laughs) Are you superstitious?
3: Karen, this is serious. So am I. What are you talking about? I
1: think
3: I'm cursed. Don't tell me. Even listening to your pops again. Karen, you know the man
1: is. What? Go ahead, say it. A drunk. My pops is a crazy drunk. Everybody says it. I know it. I believed in unicorns until I was twelve because of him. And all his stories about King Woods being haunted, all the the goblins and fairy folk. I'm starting to think he's right. I'm cursed.
3: Karen, be rational. Right so.
1: Why? It's an irrational world. You want to put me in a hospital for three days, run every test in the book? I'll be
0: dead on the fourth day. No, thank you. Wipe to Karen at home doing more internet research when we get another new character that video calls in on her computer. And this is Dax, who is clearly the ducky from Pretty in Pink character here, and obviously in love with Karen. It leads into this cool scene with Karen seeing the creature behind Dax through the video but he can't see it in the room. But she keeps saying, there's something behind you. There's something behind you. Then she turns to her right in her room and there's the creature right there staring at her. And then she screams and it's gone. And like, it was never there. I think she imagined the whole thing, but it's a really fun jump scare. Wipe to town again. One day till St. Patrick's Day parade. Then we come to the undercooked waffle scene. (laughs) Sheriff Hot Billy Zane is in his sheriff outfit looking yummy. And we all know that I have a huge thing for men in uniform. So this is like double whammy. You've got hot Billy Zane in a cop outfit. Oh, killing me. Anyway, (laughs) he's making this floppy, soggy waffle that's clearly still raw in the center. He smears it with tons of butter and you'd think syrup, but no, he uses honey because he couldn't find the syrup. So it's all slow and won't come out. I guess this is to show that he's a busy single dad who can't cook, I don't know. I just love him, and he's hot, and I mean, I'd eat a soggy waffle. <laughs> so during this whole weirdo scene, he's questioning his daughter about what attacked her in the woods.
2: Um, sweetheart, I want to um, ask you a couple questions about the uh, the thing that attacked you in the in the woods the other day. I don't know if you can, uh, yeah, describe it.
1: I mean, I don't know. It's hard. I didn't really see it. It's
2: Honey, I couldn't find the syrup. It's going to take little, little time. Um, are we talking about like a wild dog? A bear?
1: A wolf? A, a person?
2: A per- you shot a person?
1: No, I, not a person. It was covered in roots. It came up out of the ground. It, it looked like one of those old drawings of like the guys with the goat feet. And... I sound crazy, you know? Uh, you just you sound like you're
2: traumatized. Is it all here, Waffle. Then something happens where Billy
0: Zane's sheriff character makes a weird fashion choice that I still don't understand. And it's not needed. So he's in his hot sheriff outfit, badge, gun belt, everything, looking hot, shaved head. Then he puts on this bright yellow, nondescript jacket and an awful white hat. He goes from hot cop to hot Gordon's fisherman. I don't get it. Shouldn't he be wearing a police jacket of some kind? And that hat. What? I don't know. It's an odd choice. My only other thought is that they want a different color on him to further and completely estrange him from his daughter and Pop-Pop. But I don't know. It's just a thought. Oh, that hat. It haunts me. So, white 2, a scene with Karen writing on her porch. Then all of a sudden she starts to have like a seizure. And we get an automatic writing session scene. If you don't know what automatic writing is, Google it. So the scene is actually pretty cool, but you don't get to see what she's written right away because her BFF, blonde girl in tan car, let's just call her Basic Bland, and Dax pull up and they start to drive her away in the car. Basic Bland is talking about how she's the queen of the St. Patrick's Day parade and that she wants Karen to help decorate the float, but since she's not feeling well, she doesn't have to do it if she doesn't want to. Then there's a pause where both the people in the front seat, Dax and Basic Bland, look back at Karen and all she sees are messed up weird faces and then she freaks out and runs out of the car it's a super creepy effect that you don't expect so she freaks out jumps out of the car leaving her automatic writing slash drawing in the car for dax to find okay white to dax in front of the town library and we get another new character 30 minutes in dax's older sister who is also a deputy sheriff and they don't get along and there's this whole scene where Dax is reading a MILF book, and no, you dirty-minded people, it's not what you think.
1: <laughs> what is the matter with you? Me? What's the matter with you? Isn't
4: it illegal to use your cop siren thing to harass your little brother? What? It's illegal to read books in public though. No, don't be stupid. What's wrong with you, huh? Your phone broken? No, why? Mom's been trying to call you for three hours. Well, mom worries too much. Yeah, I know. And you make it worse because when she worries, she calls me and I have to drive all around town looking for your ass.
3: Hey, search and seize your warrant. She doesn't have a warrant. Just to tell you to put your phone off mute. All right, sorry.
1: What are you reading? MILF? What the hell?
3: It's it's medieval Irish legends and folklore. M.I.L.
1: Why do you read all this fantasy crap anyway?
3: I don't know. Look, I like reading the kind of crap where guys like me actually get the princess.
1: You are the princess. Goblins, fairies, and mischief makers? I'm reading it for a friend. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Karen O'Hara. The sheriff's daughter, Dex. My boss. You're trying to seduce my boss's daughter with goblins, fairies, and mischief makers? I'm not
3: trying to seduce anybody. I'm... She's in trouble.
1: So... She's in trouble with goblins, and you're trying to save her with fairies and magic? So I don't have to worry about you seducing her.
3: Thanks, sis. That's real nice. Great sister. Love you too. The
0: best. Well, they found the dead fisherman and a quote unquote hoof print filled with blood. They think it's a goat print, but they don't know. So, Sheriff tells the deputy to send a picture to the university to figure out what kind of animal it is. Wipe two. Overly awkward Dax coming to see Karen about her drawing. And we finally get to call the creature what it is. Surprise! It's a fucking leprechaun. Oh, wait, there was no surprise. <laughs> Another random thing I noticed is why does everybody still have flip phones in this movie? This was 2012. I don't know. I guess people still have flip phones today, but it just seems weird to see them in a more uh, quote-unquote modern movie. I don't know. It's just an odd observation. White to shaky cam doctor's office and the doctor gets got in the elevator for his gold cufflinks. It's a good scene, but it's kind of odd and doesn't really go with the movie. But it was a fun kill, you know, it was fine, but it could have been like a deleted scene almost. Then we get more backstory from the news guy, Carl.
4: Hey, Jen. Not now, Carl. What, jeez, all I said was hi. We're
1: working here. You got any questions ask Sheriff sure if I
4: hear. I did, he sent me to you. I don't know anything. That's probably why he sent me to you. Knock it out, Carl. Can I get a quote?
1: Remember the last time I gave you a quote?
4: Yeah, when the tornado brought the sharks to the lake. Sharknado. It took me two years to live that stupid headline down. I see his cufflinks were ripped off. For your studio, Carl, you should have been a cop. Oh, so should you. Shut up. shut up. Cufflings with gold. Perp obviously ran off with them. That's all I'm giving you. Oh, at. right. The cuffling bandit. Yeah, that's probably what happened. Excuse me. No, no, it's just I'm sure you're well aware of the case of this happening in town many years
1: ago. Spit it out, Carl. What are you trying to tell me?
4: 1874, 14 people were murdered in Keening, and gold was taken straight from the victim's bodies. Are
1: you tell me this is a copycat murder?
4: Or supernatural creature? You know, the Keening leprechaun was reputed to have eaten gold to heal itself and get stronger.
1: Oh my God, I can't believe I'm standing here listening to you. What is wrong with well, me? Get out of here, There's
4: go. someone or something out there offing people and I got the right to report it.
1: Look, we don't know who's doing this, okay? Or what? The last thing the people at Keening need is your boogeyman crap in the paper right Or now, online. Okay? Or online.
4: So I take it that's a no comment from the police? Bite me, Carl. I'm gonna quote you on that.
1: Good. Just make sure you spell my name right.
0: Wipe back to the pub and Pop Pop stealing a horseshoe hanging on the door for some mysterious reason that I guess we'll find out about later. I hope. Then we see a shot of the bartender gathering the garbage behind the bar and a close-up of his gold watch and ring. I wonder what's going to happen next. I hope the bartender's okay. (laughs) Nope. The leprechaun was waiting in the dumpster, bit off his arm, and killed him. Now, this was a fun kill, and we saw it coming from a mile away. But my big problem with it was why was the leprechaun in the dumpster? Did he know he was going to come back there and throw away the garbage and go in the dumpster? I don't know. This one seemed a little too convenient for me. (laughs) Wipe to one of the few characters that's actually pushing the story forward and helping to build the backstory carl the newspaper blogger guy takes some gold into the forest to i don't know talk to the leprechaun even though all these people are dead he thinks he can get the scoop but then the leprechaun ends up running him over with his own car <laughs> it's a bit goofy of a kill but it made me laugh so it's all right wipe to float decorating time we learn about another horseshoe even though we don't know that's what we're learning about spoiler alert and then we see the parade queen's quote-unquote crown that is lined with gold foreshadowing we get a fun little chase scene where the leprechaun chases after dax and karen and he jumps on karen and she grabs a horseshoe off her mailbox and it glows bright green and like a crucifix to vampire scares him off and Pop Pop shoots him and he scampers off into the field of tall grass next to Karen's house. Then we get more fairy folk talk and some town history from Pop Pop.
1: I always thought leprechauns were nice little guys in green with pots of gold.
3: Yeah, in fairy tales maybe, but in the real world, they're the vermin of all the fairy folk. There's other fairy folk? There's other fairy folk. <sighs> How do you think this town found a way a bunch of Irish immigrants did as well as it did? Because of the gold mine in Keening Gorge. How do you strike a gold mine in a state that doesn't have any gold veins? They captured a leprechaun in the old country, and then they brought it over with them when they settled here.
1: Everyone knows that story.
3: Yeah, they got a pot of gold. No. They drained the luck out of it up at the old gold refinery. They turned it mean and vicious, and then it turned on them and escaped. That's when they hired your great-great-great-grandfather Elias to hunt it down. doesn't sound like he did a very good job. He did a great job. He buried it in the woods according to Irish legend. Four horseshoes bound the leprechaun in place. They were mounted on compass points. North, south, east, and west of the grave. So who moved them? Well, you know that fire at McHenry's uh, Bed and Breakfast dislodged one of them, and that's when the red clover bloomed. So
1: he buried it in the woods, that's all we got to
3: do? No, that's not all we got to do. We got to find the four horseshoes, and then we got to use the four horseshoes against them. We've
1: already got one.
3: We got two. Where are the others? I think one's at the brewery, then the other one's at the fire, but uh, it's miss missing. Then let's go to the brewery. No, I'll get the horseshoes. What you two need to do is go through the books and figure out how to attach them together so we can lift the curse.
0: So now we know the story and how to get rid of the leprechaun. Back behind the pub with the dead bartender, we get some random hoof talk between the sheriff and deputy over the bartender's body, whose name was Happy, by the way.
2: Check this out.
1: What the hell is that? That is blood. Green blood? From what?
2: Exactly. Why don't you get in there, get a
1: sample? Yeah, I'll leave that to forensics. It looks like whatever this thing was was hiding in the dumpster when it was wounded. It looks like Happy was taking out the trash when this thing jumped out and Did surprised We ever
2: get those lab reports on those prints back from the lake?
1: Yeah, emailed Boston College Zoology. They said uh, there's no such hoof in the database.
2: What? There's no such hoof in the database. Come on, What? There's no such hoof in in it. Forget your troubles. Come on, get happy.
0: Wipe to the old abandoned brewery with Queen Basic Bland and her two hot guy minions looking for a stash of gold flake green beer that they heard was hidden there. Then there's some weird threesome talk, which, okay. But the leprechaun shows up and the two minions are toast. I guess because they had gold flakes in them after drinking the beer. But the deaths of these guys are really good. The effects are really good and clearly this leprechaun is not fucking around anymore. White back to Dex and Karen quote unquote flirting in the living room. You okay.
1: You mean other than the ancient death curse and having to fight a nature demon when I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing? Or you mean having a father who's completely oblivious to my blossoming womanhood and trying to stifle my personal growth because he can't let go? Or or maybe because my pops, the town drunk who believes in goblins and fairies, has actually turned out to be the one who's completely right this entire time?
3: Thanks a bitch. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. It was a dumb question.
1: No, it wasn't. It's just, who gets haunted by a leprechaun? What is that? It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of, and it's happening to me. It's like I'm trapped in some bad monster movie and can't get out. And and to top it off, this thing's probably just going to kill me anyway.
3: it's not going to kill you. If this was a bad monster movie, it'd kill everybody but you. Small consolation. You know, when somebody gets you down, it takes 42 muscles to, to frown, but it only takes two muscles if you reach out and pimp slap them.
1: Are you suggesting that I pimp slap the leprechaun?
3: Yes. Yes, I am. But you don't have to do it alone, because I'm going to be there to pimp slap the leprechaun with you. It'll be like a double pimp slap kind of deal, like a... Okay, I'm done talking. (laughs) You talk, you're better at it than me.
1: You and I make up a pretty good team. Yeah?
3: You think so?
0: Yeah. Aww, they kissed. And also in this scene, for people that haven't or have seen the movie, why in the hell is there a giant pine cone just sitting on that table? What set designer saw that and was like, yes, I must have this pine cone in the scene. It just seems like an odd choice. Oh well, just an observation. (laughs) Now Pop Pop and Sheriff Billy Zane are working together to find the rest of the horseshoes. They are out at the brewery. Pop Pop and Sheriff Daddy Zane find the next horseshoe and lucky they find two dead boys and the leprechaun, which they again shoot at and it runs off. Again. Then they find Basic Bland alive, but she's a little bit traumatized screamy, crazy? Oh well. Next day, it's parade day. Queen Basic Bland takes the fourth horseshoe and puts it on her float. And then she has the ugly gold crown on her head and she gets on her float while her mom is watching her drive away. The leprechaun now kills the queen's mom and eats her gold earrings. It's a random kill, and it's actually kind of funny because you just see the leprechaun standing there with blood on its mouth, chopping on these gold earrings. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're in the parade, and the leprechaun jumps on the float, snatches the ugly gold crown, while simultaneously killing Queen Basic Bland. Finally! She deserves to die just for wearing that ugly crown. Uh, Then the leprechaun falls off the float because he sees the last horseshoe and it scares him. And down where he falls is the deputy, you know, Dax's sister. So he just kills her and then runs off karen grabs the last horseshoe off the float and runs after the leprechaun then we get this funny scene of this drunk guy peeing in an alley covered in leprechaun gear and you see the leprechaun confront him the real leprechaun confront him and he wants the gold but the guys won't give it to him so he just attacks and kills him and i think the guy's dick was still out from peeing or if it wasn't it should have been (laughs) so karen goes after him wrestles around with him and then dak comes in and starts wrestling around with the leprechaun and he ends up killing dax But in the process, the leprechaun gets stunned and is kind of passed out. So Pop-Pop puts the leprechaun in his trunk and starts driving to the woods to bury the leprechaun back where he was. Then we get one of the weirdest scenes in this movie, or possibly the weirdest scene in a few movies, where Karen asked what happened to her mother, which I guess you could have asked any other time. But let's ask right now at the main part of the movie.
2: I know I treated you like a little girl and it's been way... Too overprotective. Since you lost your mother, I just want you to know that you'll always be my baby. But you are no little girl.
1: Tell me what happened to her. Come on. You said it yourself. I'm not a little girl anymore. What happened to her? When you we were very young.
2: It was Black Friday. Pop, so your mother and I could buy you a game council, below retail cost, that was an incredible value. Dad, what happened to her? I mean, there were just so many people, all right I was fighting a woman and her son for the last minute, and the crowd surged, and then I lost her. went to the lost and found and there was nothing. I, I paged her every day for a year. Of course I'm I am. A, I'm a terrible husband. I'm a, I'm a real awful father and I'm a, a, a really bad sheriff. I mean, the whole town is dead and I can't even find my wife, let alone catch a leprechaun in a letter on my name tag is missing. A loose corner. A car. does that happen? I don't
0: know, that. Okay, what the fuck? She's just lost? Not dead? There's no body? She's just lost? He was paging her? What the fuck is this whole scene? <laughs> then we get a massive jump scare where a leprechaun pulls the sheriff out of the car, under the car, and then you just see an explosion of blood and gore. Karen jumps out, pulls his legs, and there's no top half of his body. It's a really good effect, but sadly, Billy Zane is gone. Oh. Oh well. Karen starts fighting with the leprechaun. Then Pop-Pop shows up with the four-horseshoe axe thing when he gets killed. Literally everybody in this town is dead except for Karen. Well, I guess now it's face-off time, and Karen goes all Terminator. Gets guns, bandoliers of bullets, the horseshoe axe thing. She gets in her jeep and just starts driving and starts to catch up with the leprechaun. The leprechaun, of course, jumps on the jeep, punches a hole in the roof. So she pushes the horseshoe axe thing up through the ceiling, knocks him off. But in the process, she knocks off something like a big tank or something. I don't know. It's like a tank of fuel or something. And it's right behind him on the ground. And she steps out and says, happy St. Patrick's Day. And shoots the tank and it explodes behind him which stuns him long enough for her to take the horseshoe axe thing and beat him in the chest until you know he's knocked out because like they said earlier you can't kill them but she knocked him out with it long enough for her to start burying him so we see her start to bury him then the last scene is just a shovel of dirt going over the camera and that's it so i guess we're led to believe that she did the ritual correctly buried the four horseshoes at the cardinal points at places where hopefully this time they wouldn't move or be taken down to release the leprechaun again, and that's the end. Okay, now this movie was all over the place. The idea, super solid. It's a great idea. There's so many places to go with it. It's a great idea. The acting, for the most part, was good. I love you, Billy Zane. (laughs) The soundtrack, music design were good. The creature and special effects were way better than I thought they would be for a made-for-TV movie. The choices of colors and lighting, whether they were on purpose or subconscious, really worked for this movie. My problems with this movie are mostly the script and or editing. Some things we learn or figure out in the movie come too late. We don't care enough About most of the characters so when they literally all die we're all whatever I think they may have realized the story had issues and that's why they put the animated backstory before the title sequence to help even with all that though I still really enjoyed this one especially on rewatch a lot more made sense and I saw a lot more little details that I hadn't noticed before I mean it's not a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination but it's not terrible for a st. Patrick's Day themed movie so I give Red Clover from 2012 8 out of 10 soggy waffles. (laughs) Well, that was Red Clover from 2012. I hope that filled your St. Patrick's Day horror movie need. But if not, there are about 10 or so movies in the Leprechaun series you can go watch. (laughs) As always, my info and socials are over at my website, www.evilqueensf.com. Feel free to send me any questions, comments, concerns, any movie recommendations, or whatever. And as always, keep watching scary movies.
4: You right.
2: What if I tell you? I I just saw a leprechaun.
1: Are you kidding me? I'd say what the hell is wrong with you.
2: Yeah, that's about right.